Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Bijou Podcasts. This is episode 59 of the Stacey June Show. Today, my guest is my husband, Ben, who's going to turn the table and ask me some questions about being pregnant. Hey guys, I'm Stace. Welcome to the Stacey June Show. Thank you for joining me. It is a Thursday. You may be listening to this as it drops. You may be catching it at a different point wherever you are. Hello, welcome. Uh, This show is about trying to find ways to harness your inner spark through listening to interviews, listening to inspiring thoughts, maybe challenging moments that I'm going through in my personal life. Uh, and in particular, the focus on Tuesday uh, of the single Pringle stuff, I just am really passionate about us all finding our point of difference and getting confident in that. So if you haven't listened to the show, welcome. That's what we stand for. Today, it is a little bit different because I have someone in the podcast studio with me that you probably know quite well. And that person is my husband, Ben. Hello, everybody. Hi, Ben. Thanks for having me on your show. When I mentioned uh, or announced on the podcast channel, I'd sent a mail out list and Instagram and social media, whatever, that we were pregnant. Um, I think I really just uh, shuffled over it in an intro for an interview or something and said, we'll come back to this. We'll talk about everything, uh, pregnancy at some later date, and maybe I'll invite my hubby. Yeah, um, here my I am. Yeah, to join me because I think it might be interesting for us to have this conversation together. But I thought to turn the tables it might be a good idea for you to ask me some questions rather than me just riffing as I usually do on this show just okay. to give a bit of a different, I don't know, different take. Okay, sure. Because I think that might be also that I – there might be things that we talk about that I, I can't think of myself yeah. as you've watched it as a spectator. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, that that sounds awesome. I'm in. Okay, so let's go. So basically, we found out we were pregnant uh, with a very faint second line. Um, I think it was on a Friday, a week directly, a week after Good Friday. Yeah. Yeah, so we it was away. the day after Anzac Day. Yeah, we wasn't were away it? with friends. Yes, we were. So let's go back to there and start from there. Have you got what have you got for me? Uh, okay, you want to go back there? Okay, yeah. Well, no, you, you can start wherever you want, but I just think yep. up until that point, I had pretty much shared everything yep. that we'd done an IUI. Um, you can go back and listen to a couple goals. We we did that. We documented it on the ABC. Yep. Everything was documented. Our fertility struggles, your journey, my yep. journey through your journey, everything was told. And then all of a sudden, you know, three and a half months later or four months later, we're like, we're pregnant and I just don't think... Yeah, there was a gap. Yeah, there's there a, a whole... There's the a info. lot... Yeah, there's a lot of info. Yeah, okay. So... That haven't, hasn't been shared yet. Yeah. So how, how did you feel uh, on that day? I know we... we um, just to fill a gap here, um, 
we were tossing up whether we were going to do the test then or whether mm. we were going to wait until we got back to Sydney. Um, yeah, because we're in Victoria. Mm, yeah. Dalesford, mm. actually. Dalesford. Yeah. Um, and we were tossing up, okay, whether we do the test. And then I, I knew that um, you were someone who is very um, – uh, likes to know the information and would rather find out what's going on mm-hmm. um, rather than uh, than waiting. The um, having it on your mind is something that that is can be a bit of a a bit of a burden for I you. I think I did try though. Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, any, but anyway, we did the test. Mm-hmm. We had the faint line. Um, how did you feel um, when you saw that? What was it? What was your your kind of first? feelings, instincts that that went through you in that time? So I knew that Friday was the day um, that I would test. Mm -hmm. It would end up being about 10 DPO, um, which for those playing at home and not trying for a baby, Mm. um, or even if you try for a baby and you haven't done fertility treatment, you might not fucking know that word, but it's days past ovulation. Yeah. Um, and everyone's those, those, busting to find out the due date can go work it out now. Yeah, those three-letter acronyms um, really roll off your tongue quite well. Yeah, yeah. do they? Yeah, yeah. quite so, easily. So we were – I thought that that was the right time to test. It was the right – that was the time that I showed up a positive result with our first pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And it was just a bit of a buffer where it was on the test. You can get these early detection tests, mm-hmm. which – go up in percentage the closer you are to your period. Yeah. Um, so the more likely the HCG hormone is in your blood, in your urine, which is the hormone, the pregnancy hormone. Yeah. And it only shows up if you're positive and it, if, it won't show up if, if you're not. Yeah. Um, so it was just more, it was likely, I mean, you shouldn't compare any pregnancy, but I still felt confident on that day because I had had a positive before. Yeah. Um, and I also felt like the percentage rate was in the 80s. 80s, so 80% something mm. of accuracy. Mm. So, With that even, test. yeah, so yeah. even though it was, I think my period was due on the Saturday or sorry, the Sunday or the Monday, I think it was like two to three days before, have something crazy like 87 or 85%. Don't quote me on this, you'll have to check the mm. box, but um, 80, 80 something percent accuracy. Yeah. And that to me was like, well, that's fine. I can handle that. Yeah, yeah. Um, for, for just some information. And chances are I thought if it's positive and, and it shows up that quick and it's likely it will, then we know. And if it's negative, then we wait for the period. It's not going to make a difference. Yeah, you know, yeah. I just kind of thought it might we might get good news a little bit earlier if mm, we can. Mm, mm. So I was pretty clear and keen to do that. Um, and Friday morning I woke up and that's exactly what I did. Yeah, yeah. I did not muck around. I don't know if you remember, but I woke up. I pretended like I was like waiting for you to wake up. <laughs> I don't know if we had sex. No, I don't think we did. Like We just kind of were easing into the morning and I was pretending I was kind of, hey, good morning, you know, chill, but yeah, I just yeah. was on a mission to get up, yeah, get yeah. that stick and piss. Yeah. <laughs> so that's exactly what I did. Yeah. Um, we stayed then- in this really lush holiday house that yeah. our friends had rented. Yeah. And the bathroom was one of those, I'm sure it's on the block or you've seen a cafe in Melbourne, painted this dark charcoal grey colour, almost yeah. black. It was it felt like a toilet on a tall ship. Like what I <laughs> what I like when once you shut the door you could have been anywhere. Like it was so dark in there and it had those kind of 
really uh, what do you call them? Those real the antique like light bulbs. Well, that they're you get in these Kmart days. now, so yeah. they're like that gold. Um, yeah. yeah. That kind of gold wiry light globe look. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they're see through. You don't really have like a light. You don't have like a light fitting around it. They're mm. just all about the globe. Yeah, you we can have, see the filament. Yes, that's so the word. Clearly. Filament. Oh, I didn't know that's what it was called. <laughs> oh, so I don't know something. <laughs> anyway, so. Um, Okay, so you could see the filament. So, but what you couldn't see was fucking anything else. <laughs> it was literally like sitting in a cave. It was like, where's, yeah. where's the toilet paper in here? Seriously, it was so dark. So it was cool though. I it was it. awesome. The mm. place was absolutely. Every time stunning. I went into that bathroom, it was sort of like I started to hear like a a uh, fiddle in a bodrum, like those like uh, the Irish drums, like like it was. Uh, yeah. Anyway, it was way more chic than that though. Yeah, it was. Like it was super chic. Yeah. And um, so I went in there. At this time, we hadn't had a conversation that it was so dark in mm, there. We mm. kind of spoke about how the style of the house is stunning and all these kinds of things, but there, wa- there was no conscious discussion about mm. how actually how dark it was. Yeah, yeah. It was more that it looks like a boat, all these kinds of things were said, but the dark thing came later when we realised that the repercussions of that paint colour was going to be detrimental to my first Im- impression of the pregnancy test. So yeah. I peed and I saw one line, only one line, mm. that was it. So my first, so to, you know, long-winded way of answering a question, I felt, I don't know, and I'm going to be answer really honestly here, I don't know if I felt gutted or relieved first. Yeah, same, me too. It's such a hard, it is such a hard road and such a hard journey going through all those attempts, like particularly when you're doing IUI, because you know every step of the way, you can't, you can never put it out of your mind. That you get to those situations, you're like, oh, I just need a definitive answer. I don't really care what it is. That's right. And Mm. I think just to clarify that, relieved you kind of like what you want to get pregnant. And if you Mm. haven't followed our journey on couple goals and you're Mm. new to this kind of stuff, um, when you have an insemination, whether it's IVF or IUI, there's a process called the two-week wait. Mm. And that could happen the same if you had sex, and I'm sure it happens to people that are trying to conceive naturally. I I don't know about that experience, but I just, from my understanding of comparing myself to friends and my experience, it's a lot more intense because you've obviously done a lot more to prep yourself. You've been in the Mm. hospital maybe every day that week, yeah, you know, if you've IVF, you've been under, you know, you've done all these kinds of mini surgeries. Like, it's intense. So, yeah. that two-week wait, whilst we all share it, it's it's very, very loaded. You might have spent 10 grand, you know, you just, it's very, very loaded as to what the result is, you mm, know. Mm. You're really hoping that it works. For us, we don't have an endless w- amount of sperm, so every single go counts. Mm. So, this particular um, try for us was ve- is more loaded than the others because we decided if we didn't fall pregnant from IUI, we were going on to IVF. Whilst we didn't focus on that a lot and it was a decision we'd made, it was very subconsciously weighted. You know, mm. we were very tense. We had a really rough time across Easter. So, that's why the relief came because that weight was over. You Mm. feel like you can get your life back. And even though your life isn't what you want because you're trying for a baby, it's better than the fucking in between. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I I can handle the trying and the active to getting what I want. I can't handle the sitting there waiting, having nothing to do 
and just that's it, hoping. Like, yeah, it's just yeah. horrific. You're not drinking. You you know, you're just – everything is on fucking hold, but you're living. Yeah. It's just awful. Yeah. So that is why relief probably came at the exact same time as gutted. Mm. But there's this weird thing for me, and I don't know about for you, that it was like, okay – We've got this piece of information now. We need to we need to turn it up. Like we're off to IVF. So yeah. I came back in, cried, and you know the rest the rest is history. But um, I yeah, I, I did see a very faint line. If you go to my Instagram account, you can see the photo of the test, mm. um, which I mentioned to you really late in the game. I think I don't remember if I brought that up straight away. No, I don't think so. No, because I went up to the shop to get coffee. No, but I, I did say to you, can you see another line before you left? Yeah, and I said I could see something faint, but I thought that was the line that was on the test, that that's just where the line came up. And I No, thought, that's a lie. When yeah. I said, can you see something, you said no. Yeah, 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 but there was... Yeah. And then you got up, put your glasses on, put the <laughs> test to the window, but straight up... Yeah. You said, I can't see oh, anything. Okay, I don't remember that. You did, because yeah. I remember that clear as day, because I think in the back of my mind, I was also holding your hopes and dreams mm. in my hand. So it is interesting, because you have to pee and then tell the person. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, it's a lot of pressure. So you're, you have that moment to yourself where yeah. you feel relieved and then feel guilty, and it's just fucking a roller coaster. Yeah. And then you, I went in, and then I kind of hinted almost, like I thought I saw something else, but almost because I didn't want to jump on that road if there wasn't something there. I just was so more comfortable with going negative than I was positive mm, mm. and I just didn't want to give you any false hope either. So I was just really blasé about that Yeah. and then your response was just a blatant, I no, no, and you were the same in the exact same yeah. place as me. Just yeah, I just wanted negative. an answer, yeah. 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 And so then you looked and you're like, oh, and then you gave me that response, a bit yeah. like, oh, and then we just left it. We just didn't even, that was it. Then I went and got coffee. Yeah, then you went and got coffee. <laughs> and then Peanut Aaron was like, get the dish, get yeah. the dish. My girlfriend who was breastfeeding her baby um, at breakfast time out. And, yeah, about 20 minutes after I told her I saw something else and she was like, get the test. <laughs> yeah. Like, get the test. Yeah, so that was that. Uh, okay, so yeah, jumping forward uh, from there. So um, we did do other tests, mm -hmm. the um, the digital test, mm -hmm. which uh, confirmed twenty four hours later. Yeah. yeah, that there was the faint line was real. The digital test for those listening is it says yes or no, mm. and then it tries to give you an accuracy around how how, how many pregnant weeks? you might be. Yeah, yeah. So um, I wasn't going to do any other tests. Everyone by this point. Um, was very excited, thinking, okay, we're in with the chance here. I was not. Mm -hmm. um, I wasn't not excited. I just was very neutral. Yeah, I just yeah. didn't – I felt kind of numb. Yeah. And then by about 24 hours later, it was Saturday night by this point, yeah. I was like, I'm fucking driving to the supermarket. I started Googling supermarkets. Yeah. And you guys were all having a wine. I'm like, fuck this. I want to have a glass of red if I can't – if this is off. You know, like yeah, I just yeah. was – not that I was thinking like that, but I was kind of – yeah, I was just was like, I just got the uh, the urge again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and we had such a beautiful day. We're at the lavender farm. We, you know, I kind of was able to take my mind off it for a bit, and then I was like, nah, I'm I'm gonna go get it. So yeah. I rang mum on the way, and 
came back and, yeah, we had a bit of a celebration, a mm. mini one at that mm. point. Mm. Yeah, mm. it was the first kind of cheers where we all yeah. collectively went, okay, and this we were with our two best friends mm. um, as well. So we were talking, that when we say we, we were with them as well. Yeah, so when it was finally was confirmed, like so post that, we went to the doctor and, and they confirmed everything, given that everything we'd been through before that with the miscarriage and then the failed attempts, mm-hmm. how did you feel when the doctor finally said you can say so you're the pregnant. nurses yeah the, the nurses. so the blood test one yeah yeah so on the tuesday or the yeah. wednesday wasn't it yeah um that was pretty cool because i think it was nice to share that with them like mm. when you when you like they were like my sisters in the trenches you know and yeah they were so excited like so it was very that was the beginning i suppose of me starting to understand what a baby does yeah. Because it's not just your joy, it's so many people's joy. And I get emotional thinking about it because I still mm. have to go in and see those ladies. I've got to take my syringe bin back. But, um, <laughs> yeah, but I, I – and I haven't – The sharps container. Yeah, that thing. Yeah. But I haven't – I could have just given it to my acupuncturist by now, but I thought, no, yeah. I want to go in and give it to them um, to see them. So that was the only time I spoke to them. You know, they do the insemination and then you don't see them again unless you need to go back in. Mm. So she called and um, – she just said they were just ecstatic, like, mm. and they were all so excited. Um, so that, yeah, I, I kind of started to see there was a radiate. There's a, there was a radiation of joy that became yeah. different to just our little pocket of um, kind of desperation, really, and, yeah, yeah. and happiness and relief. Then it started to feel like, oh wow, okay, this is what a, a pregnancy feels like. People mm. are thrilled yeah, for you yeah, and yeah. then you start to get that feeling and that feeling starts to grow in yourself in you yeah, yourself yeah, yeah. Uh, and then so given that you have a, a public profile uh, how has it been um, getting all the you know responses on social media and even um, beyond that all the advice from all of mm. the uh, the mums and the new mums out there how has it's that been? been funny because there's been a heap of people that have messaged me look there's lots of people that I'm in contact with all the time messaging like I've been doing this kind of work for eight years now and mm. the thinker girls had such a strong following that you know we would get constantly messaged whether it was that Instagram or individually we got messaged a lot and I think I got messaged a lot for advice because I was mm. always that kind of person yeah um so well, you do you do respond to everyone pretty much I try yeah, yeah. yeah um and I pull I'm pulling I'm going to pull back a little bit from that because I've got coaching other things yeah. that can help but anyway that's another conversation <laughs> yeah. um the point is is that I I do notice who you are. I do look if you message me often. I do notice if you um, leave a review on iTunes. Believe it or not, that the Thinker Girls got so huge, but I that was my baby, man. I started that when it was called Thinker Girl, and it was me and a blog and uh, like trying to figure out just ran- what even it was. Like it mm. was, you know. So I looked at everything. I knew everyone, like, and I had some idea of who you were, um, and I still mm. do. But it was interesting because when with the pregnancy news, all these new people were messaging yeah. me. And so you and so many of you messaged and said, I've followed you forever. Yeah. But had never contacted me before. So yeah. this whole other realm of they had something my in common following, with you now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which was really nice. It was mm. really nice to start talking. And of course my old faithful OGs were there. Like, but it was just um 
it was nice and new and scary and I put that post up about my identity and how that was changing and how it was really nice to speak publicly about that because I've felt that even before falling pregnant for such a long time that I was in this transition personally mm. and was feeling like my work was just kind of a little bit nor here nor there because I was feeling like I haven't quite landed where I'm supposed to be. And I'm not saying motherhood's going to be all my content and who I am, but it's a very big part of my journey and I was feeling like I was kind of just falling backwards and forwards in between camps. So to kind of land in this place was also really nice to be able to say, oh, my God, I've been really feeling like I don't belong in one particular mm. camp, even though I'm very passionate about not being put in a box. Mm. My feet kind of landed on the ground a little bit. And um, and it wasn't just about being pregnant. It was about being able to be honest about things, which I had kept semi-private. Like yeah. we shared a lot, but there were things I kept to myself because it was a harrowing journey. Mm. And so, yeah, it was, it was really, really nice. It was very overwhelming, mm. I think, because we did share so much of our journey and it was very hard. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, it was great. It was it was really great. I think um, I'm glad we waited and told our family and friends and had those moments with people separately. Mm. Um, we had to reschedule our love party again. That's yeah. the second year in a row. So <laughs> yeah. um, we had to let them know, and so we did an email again saying um, yeah. For good the party's off, yeah. but we put our photo of our. Um, our scan and mm. said that, um, yeah, New Year's Eve. We've got an intruder. Yeah, yeah. we're going to be basically <laughs> pretty preoccupied or at least I won't be able to walk Yeah, um, around that time. So no parties happening. Mm. But mm. so we had those moments. Then we got all those emails from our personal. So I had that those real moments and mm. not saying these aren't real, but, you know, there is an element of our story that is a story that yeah. people can feel and, and be – um, connected to, entertained, go through our pain, all those things. And, you know, it's it's content to some mm, degree. So mm. it was nice to have those separate, to be honest. Um, and, and it was also really nice to see how powerful our story had been in that, in that mm, sphere, you mm. know, very different to it being the private kind of yeah, journey. Yeah. I don't know, hard to explain. Yeah. And so that's like going back to that post because you, you kind of ummed and ahed about getting it right, uh, that post, after you announced that you were pregnant. Um, and it's really important to you, yeah, to be honest, right? Mm. Um, so why was it so important that you you sent that post? Like put the pregnancy test up rather than like a photo of my bump or something. Uh, no, when you made that big shift, you were you said that you were going to start talking about new things on your on your socials. Oh, when I why did that, put the bump yeah, photo why, up. Why was that important to you to get out there? When I, I know Ooh, that you you you're you are um, you're not comfortable unless you are being honest. Really, you don't yeah. want to be something you're not. But why was that important to you? Um, because like I said, I felt like for the past year I'd been in transition and not just because of my pregnancy, I'd been transitioning in the stories I wanted to tell in the woman that I am. Mm. I, um, started the thinker girls as a very, um, confused, vulnerable, spirited, uh, lost single girl. Mm. And, I navigated that journey in front of an audience and I shared those stories and I shared them alongside um, another, a chick that I loved dearly. Mm. And then 
that took its course and many things changed in in that scenario. I changed, my friendship with that person changed, my business changed, Mm. my job changed, my relationship status changed, Mm. everything changed. And so I was trying my hardest to be honest about that process while behind behind closed doors I was really struggling and I was trying to not – mask anything I didn't mask anything everybody if you listen to this show you know I haven't said that it's all been rosy Mm. but I have also wanted to heal and process things myself and I've always done that first Mm. and those things took a little bit longer than Mm. what you know I guess I was ready I, I knew I didn't really have a timeline I really restructured the way I live my life um the way that I make decisions, the way the people that I have around me, how I deal with my anxiety, what I choose to work on. Mm. Um, When you go through such a thing where you decide you want to have a family and you know that so many things are going to affect that result, you start very quickly to kind of um, clean up your life. Mm. So that was all happening pretty organically, but then I was also making conscious decisions to really trim the fat in many different ways. Um, I really need to put a disclaimer here that not everything is about the thinker girls too. Like Mm. there's parts of that and, yes, there's a friendship involved in a business, but it's not all everyone wants to read between the lines. There's so Mm. many factors here. You know, you and I were in a marriage trying to figure out how to navigate our early life as newlyweds in this bubble of fertility struggle and you know and also working out how to get through your prostate cancer and the Mm. effects of that in our sex life and there's just so many factors well that's what i always say life is a rich fabric that's woven together totally so there was so many things going on questions about whether we stay in sydney you know Mm. just Mm. everything was questioned so when i wrote that post i had completely transformed as a person Mm. um And I felt like once I kind of came out and had this grounding in becoming a mother or, you know, on the way to becoming a mother, whichever way you want to look at it, I really felt like it was time for me to talk about how I'd gone through a real identity shift and that that was going to affect the stories I wanted to tell, the things that I cared about, the things that I wouldn't care about and the things that I wouldn't be putting myself through really yeah, yeah, yeah. so it was much more for me than it was for anyone else ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. And just thinking, like, just broadly, what sharing everything that you do, the good, the bad. What do you hope that your followers and your listeners get from that? It's always, you know, when I started to get into radio and with the Thinker Girls, 
it was pretty selfish, I've got to say. Like it was, it was because I wanted to tell stories. Yeah. And yeah. I knew I was good at telling stories and I knew I had a point of difference in that I was willing to go places people wouldn't go. Mm-hmm. And I found a lot of interest in that. I felt very passionate about that. But it was for my own ambition, my own agenda at the beginning. I wanted to make a difference for women because I was a woman. Mm -hmm. And then it helped a lot of women and it ended up being such a success and did do a lot of things for women. But the intention at the beginning was really about my own career and the kinds of things I wanted to create. Yeah. Which is good and bad. It doesn't make it, I, I don't really care which way you want to put that. It was just the truth and what what motivated me. And I'd done oh, 10 years of different things across different careers, been in shitty relationships. I'd done things for everyone else and couldn't fit. So it was really time. I was about 28. And it was really time for me to step into my own power and kind of mm. go, I want to do this. I, I'm interested in these stories. I believe in this. And I really got a voice. Yeah, yeah. Um. And then that changed. I, I guess over the past couple of years, I started to want to do things for others. Yeah. I just kind I of, that. Yeah. yeah, I just started to go, I've got a story, but what parts of that story is going to shift people? What parts of that story is going to be of benefit? How can I be of service? Yeah, yeah. And whilst it's it's very much wrapped in my career and my own ego and ambition, and I'm very aware of that. Mm. There'll always be elements that I'll have to check myself, but yeah. I'm checking myself now. Yeah, yeah. And I'm checking myself because I know when it comes from a good intention, it feels good, Ben, and mm. I'm not anxious. Yeah, yeah. When I'm driving through ego or ambition or strategy, mm. I'm anxious. Yeah, yeah. So I can still create. And so I went through that transition over the past few years and thought maybe I would come out as a yoga teacher or a life coach or, you know, and I would lose, I wouldn't be able to story tell because mm. I just didn't see how the two could fall in the same category. I yeah. I'd associated them to be so different. This is my ambition and this is my piece. They're separate. Mm. But then I started to realize, no, I can tell stories that do benefit other people that also benefit myself. Yeah. And no anxiety yeah 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 i can surround myself with people that don't trigger parts that make me nervous or don't feel fully supportive of Mm. me and Mm. really work with the way i want to work there's no right or wrong in that it's just i just started to streamline things and it was really built around the fact that i had that burnout when i was Mm. at kiss and and just really look had the time to look back and go i want to fall pregnant i can't have burnouts Mm. so it it motivated me to really sort out a lot of things in my life to be able to have this baby. And so I really changed the way I create stories and I really changed the way I wanted to help. And I might get less Instagram likes and I might not have the same amount of listens that the thinker girls had and Mm. things might be different. And I might be building again from what feels like at times the beginning, even though I know that's not the case. Mm. I, I'm not ang- I, I am less anxious. Like I yeah, still yeah. have my days, but I feel like it's coming from my core, my source. Mm, and mm. I'm very grateful that it meant that I could still storytell and do these things because I mm. love it. Yeah, yeah. I just at times didn't know how I was gonna mm. put that all together. But and you're it, great at it. It worked itself out. Mm. <laughs> Thanks, babe. Um uh, so thinking about uh, so now that you're into your second this trimester. This is so exposing. Like I haven't it's actually quite <laughs> Because you go on other people's shows and talk about this stuff and then you feel like your followers are not going to hear 
that. Like, it, yeah. as much if it's on someone else's yeah, show. But yeah, I know yeah. you guys know me and I know you're all here. You know, you know yeah. it's it's just different. I'm hard-hitting. These are hard-hitting questions. Well, you know me. So, it's yeah. like I've given, I didn't realise how much power you have yeah, yeah. in this oh, scenario. I'm not trying to expose anything. No, of think, course you're not, babe. But it's, I, I just didn't are, really think about that yeah, element. Yeah, that I you think could. these are interesting questions, though, for, for your uh, listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, thinking now that you're in your second trimester. Yeehaw! Um, how do you think you've shifted, or if even if you have shifted emotionally and spir- uh, spiritually? Geez, I couldn't speak there myself. How do you think you've shifted emotionally and spiritually during this first trimester of pregnancy? As a person. As a person. Wow. As a lady. That makes me so emotional. Um, oh, I'm just... I'm. You know, I'm a person that talks about self-worth and how you need to be happy first. But i got to say, i got to be honest, I think you do the work and you get the things that you aspire to mm-hmm. and it's important to reap the, the rewards of that. Um, and it's just been such a gift yeah. I am so happy. Yeah. you. It's like you were born to do this, honestly. It's, I mean, I, every I've woman is. I've been so sick. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I've learned to slow down. This year and a half has prepared me for everything. Mm. I'm in full surrender. I'm in full trust. I just, I, I, I work slowly. I have my days. I've had some the last couple of weeks. Uh, to be honest, but in mm-hmm. the first trimester, I didn't have them. Yeah. I wasn't panicky. Um, I am just feeling the joy, really. Uh, I think, I mean, would that be fair to say from your... Yeah, yeah, yeah. The times when you haven't been sick, sometimes <laughs> the sickness has got you down a bit. But yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah you're walking in your... In your um, what's, the, what's the word? In your... Um, you were born like to element. do this. Yeah, yeah. you were... Uh, yeah. Yeah, and I, you know, it's funny. Someone did say a while ago walking that in your destiny. Sorry, yeah, actually, yeah. yeah, and it's I do. It's part of your destiny, and yeah. I think it's wrapped in also that the stuff that I was saying earlier that everything I'm deciding to do because of this time mm. and because I've I, I'm becoming a mother and because I want to have that space with this child and I I want to be able to have that as such an enriching, joyous, conscious evolved part of my life mm. that everything else has to be pretty worthy of coming of worth my time already mm. you know and mm. I haven't even had this baby so and I just constantly feel gratitude for that for the the awareness around that but also mm. I feel constantly grateful that somehow the universe and you and your support and our foundation mm-hmm. has got me to be able to choose mm. because when we got fired from Kiss, it was just such a fucking pull out of you know the carpet was pulled out and it was all you've lost all control. But really, it was just all getting me ready for this time and mm. being able to give me this beautiful element of choosing what I want to do. Yeah, yeah. And and do you think it's like fate or destiny again that that uh, this I just has happened think we at this time? Are like, always supported. Yeah, so we it's are like always supported. Like you're in a situation now. Um, you know, you you've kind of separated into your solo career um, and uh, starting off on that journey now. 
and at the same time you're having a baby. So do you think it's it, it, it's easier to have those two things happen at the same time? So you can coordinate how you're going to work that rather than having had a have a fully established career right now and then wondering how you're going to fit the baby into it. Yeah, it's interesting. I I think I was always destined for a solo career. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't believe that. I was so invested in my business and my partnership and my creative partnership and my friendship, mm. you know, like, but I think deep down I would have psychics over the years, everyone tell me. Yeah, You yeah. will end up by yourself. Yeah, okay. And I never told anyone. Yeah, right. Um, never and told, I've never, never said told it, me? Well, I've never said it out loud. Yeah, yeah. So I, um, I saw myself on a stage by myself, mm. you know, I could mm. see it, but I was scared of that and yeah. I was scared of the power in that and... Mm. And I, yeah, timing's everything, but um, I resisted it big time for a long time. So I don't know. I don't know if, I don't know if it's, it makes me dizzy thinking about it because it's like, God, I don't really know that it, that we were supposed to, I was supposed to be in that position, in that job, in that business for a day longer than I was, mm. you know, I just think. I was supposed to be here and I was supposed to be a mother with the option and ability to only converse and check in with myself. Mm. So I have that complete freedom, you know, like I can say this is when I want to do things, this is how I want to do it. It's just so, yeah, maybe they were supposed to be together. Well, they are because they have joined forces and maybe this baby – gave me motivation to ask myself some questions I wasn't asking myself before. I don't mm. know. Mm. But I didn't consciously plan it. That's for fucking sure. Yeah, I yeah. just knew what I wanted and and I trusted that I would get there and I have. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm not 100% sure if I think it's all meant to be. And mm. I think I say this all the time in my coaching and in the work that I do you are being protected and supported all the time. There isn't – when you have a bad day, you're not not being supported. There's a lesson there. There's a detour. There's something – and you can resist it all you want and I will be the first person to put my hand up and say, a good year I resisted mm. all of the signs that I was supposed to take. And I have learned a very big lesson for that because – maybe things would have worked out a different way if I hadn't resisted as much of the information I was getting than I did. I didn't want the path that I was being shown to take. So the point is I was being supported to get here and this is where I'm at. I'm so happy and this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. So you are supported even if it feels like a shit fight. You are supported if you feel like the universe gave you a slap in the face. You are being supported to get on the road you're supposed to be on. Mm. Yeah, okay. Great answer. Um, uh, I had a question I was going to ask you just about um, being such a sensitive person, like as in, not as in, well, you're so sensitive, um, but as in sensitive to how you feel emotionally, spiritually, physically with everything. Mm. How have you gone with the hormone shifts um, uh, and the sickness and everything in this first part of this pregnancy. You're really good at this. <laughs> You're so chuffed with yourself too. I got a big smile on my face. Oh, you you know, I'm like, yeah. Um, I'm consciously, I'm conscious listening. You know, I'm. Yeah. Yeah. I think the first part of the question I found interesting. So I'll answer the sec. It's a, it's actually only one part of the question, but I do want to say one thing about 
the sensitivity mm-hmm. that I've learnt about myself over the past year or two mm-hmm. is that I've understood that communication comes in many forms. Yeah. And I've understood that one of my strongest points of communication or my most heightened effective communication, which is why I think I scare a lot of people, is my energy and mm. my ability to tap in to energy. Mm. So I think what I've had to learn is that my what is described in layman's terms or what a lot of people understand much easier is you are sensitive or you've got sensitive energy or a Cancerian or mm. you're this. But actually what I think I've realized is that I have an ability to read energy, I feel energy. And so I think because I started to understand that about myself and started to really work through ways for me to um, utilize that, Mm -hmm. but also ways for me to separate from it, I have been able to use that tool as a way to separate the hormones and my panic attacks and me in a good headspace, me in a bad headspace, me in the nausea. It's helped me kind of navigate the different parts of myself because I've all of a sudden started to understand much more about energy in our bodies yeah. and, and, and how they affect me and probably affect me more than the average Joe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And go back and listen to Michael Trembath's podcast yeah. that I do with him because he's an absolute credit to this. I've done work with him for over the last few years mm-hmm. and, and he is by far probably my greatest teacher. Yeah, um, an energy healer. And he is, yeah. And so I don't know if that answers your question, but I think mm. because I started to understand that in a different way, I've been able to kind of compartmentalize parts of this process, which has mm-hmm. really helped me keep a really calm yeah, okay. center. That, that definitely does make sense. Mm. So would you say, you know... That doesn't mean when I'm having a panic attack, it's fun. You know what I mean? No, but no, but you understand I'm what's going on. I'm able to say yeah. that panic is not me. Yeah, yeah. That panic is energy. Yeah, it's and incredibly it's beca- valuable, that is. Yeah, yeah and I... Yeah. I I've stopped berating myself yeah, for the anxiety. Which is and a massive thing because that's what we all do. We, we, we get upset about things that we've done and we, we worry about the effect it's had on others and we do, we berate ourselves. But So that's a, it's a wonderful thing that you're able to mm. see what's happened and not do that to yourself because mm. it's one of the big things that we all need to do is stop being so hard on ourselves. Totally, mm. totally. Mm. No one wants – I have always said this, it's a pretty harsh, it's a pretty full-on thing to say but – no one comes out of the womb wanting to be a serial no, killer or a pedophile. No. Or, and not that I'm comparing myself to them, but no one chooses mm. to do the bad. You you find your way there, yeah, yeah. you know, mm. and I'm not excusing any of that. Like, I'm not, no, you know, but I mean, there's but, many things that could go wrong there. That's uh, the chemical imbalances, things like but that. That's but that's my point. Like, I just think, yeah, I actually have empathy for all kinds of people, but I think particularly people that just day-to-day are living and struggling, Mm -hmm. it's often harder for you to navigate those differences because smaller anxieties, so say you're not a serial killer, Mm. it's easy for you to separate, oh, that's psychosis, that's this, that's that. When you're everyday anxious or everyday living, it become we're told it's more our personality. You're intense. You're up, you're uptight. You're a bit of a mm. you're a bit mean at work. You're this. You're that. And then people start you start to think that it's you. Yeah. So yeah, I think yeah. Anyway, 
that's all helped me in many ways for me to kind of navigate the ups yeah. and downs of this yeah. process yeah. and really just come back to my centre, which is that this is a really joyous time. Mm. It hasn't mm. always felt joyous, yeah. but I understand that it is. Yeah, it is, absolutely. Mm. Um, so uh, what I was going to ask is, seeing as you've been doing uh, self-work um, since you were you know, in your mid-teens, since you were probably like mm. 16 years old, mm. do you think the understanding of energy and that we're all made up of it and how it works and how it passes through us is probably the single... Uh, greatest understanding you've made in 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 your time, or is it something else? What what would that be? What what has been the most helpful understanding that you've made in your self care journey, which is you know like twenty odd years? I think I've had to unravel parts as they go. So if I was to if I was to have met Michael and started to study energy when I was twenty five, I wouldn't have been ready. Mm. So I think often with self help we want to jump the gun mm. and you need to learn parts of yourself before you can truly understand some of these modalities and concepts. And if you've taken a meditation class, it's kind of hardcore and you're going, I'm fucked. My brain is fried. Mm. Then you've gone in too deep. You've got other work to do. That's a little bit less intense, you mm. know? So I think there's been massive life changing teachings. I've had many times along the way because there's been moments of me really, unleashing so I suppose a few that come to mind is obviously my work that I do with Michael because I was able to get some control over the physicality of my anxiety Mm -hmm. I'd done so much mental work so much therapy so much emotional um, analysis and I also come from a family dynamic where my role was the fixer so I very naturally and sometimes unhealthily can obsess in sorting problems, fixing shit out. Mm. Um, and that's very much been prevalent in my life at different times mm-hmm. where it probably was on the unhealthy spectrum. Um, so when I got to the energy work, it was simple and it was about physicality. Yeah, okay. It was about science. Yeah. But it was about emotions built with physicality elements mm-hmm. and emotions that affect physicality and how you could change the physicality therefore you change the emotion rather yeah, than yeah, okay. you change the emotion therefore you change the physicality yeah it was a completely different system and it gave me instant release yeah okay so it may be the most poignant kind of way for me to understand my body but i don't think i could have got there with that all of the work before yeah. Um, inner child work mm-hmm. is the other thing that was a game changer for yeah, me yeah. and identifying when you're in your inner child versus your inner adult mm-hmm. um, and when you will continue to do that and when you need to soothe yeah, yeah. Um, your inner child and, and, and that work that I did with uh, Joy, my therapist in Melbourne. Yeah. Um, and the other was, I guess, that real understanding of my level of vulnerability. So... And that was probably more recently where I understood because of the work that I did, I was a vulnerable person. But once I started to follow and read more from Brene Brown's work and and then kind of dabbled into work around, I did a yoga course and did and did a lot of work here at, through Yoga Nidra with vulnerability, mm. I started to understand that actually my description of vulnerability or, the, or other people's description of my vulnerability was actually not my true depth of vulnerability. It was 
vulnerability of other people's meaning. So if Ju, Ju, like Joni is jumping up onto the mic and talking about her periods, that's her being vulnerable. Me jumping up and talking onto the mic, she would say was vulnerable, but that was not my vulnerability. Yeah, okay. So understanding that vulnerability comes in different forms for different people, mm. particularly for myself, was a game changer for me as well. Yeah, okay. Where I started to – because with my work, I'm so public. I'm so – so I look like I'm being vulnerable all the time and I told myself I was. Mm. And once I understood that that was not my version of vulnerability and then started to really work on that, mm-hmm. I met you. Yeah, okay. And that changed the game and I'm continuing to find levels of that to expand our relationship yeah. and expand myself within our relationship. Yeah, and that's 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 what happened to me. That's where the the energy connected because right before we met, I had had a an understanding that um I went away and then I I came I went away on my own and then I came back and I just it was like a light bulb hit me and it was like, you know what? Now is the time in your life to start being more authentic and true to yourself. Stop living And what your version of that is. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the key. Yeah, absolutely. But stop living your life the way you think you should be living it to please other people. Mm. And it was that kind of understanding and that energy shift that I made that that made us, like, comparable, I think. Mm. And that's what brought us together, in my opinion, I think it is. Yeah. yeah and, and I you think, would say the same thing probably. Yeah. yeah, but I think those kinds of big key banner words worked mm. for you. And, and I think but yeah. you need yeah, to find what works word. for everyone else. Like yeah, your level yeah. of vulnerability might not be yeah. be authentic. You might need to mm. dig deeper mm. in the weeds. I do. Be authentic. What does that mean? That yeah, doesn't. Yeah. That doesn't. But that works for you. Yeah. And so that's what I think was the point of difference for me is really understanding that there's a lot of self care lessons out there. Mm. How how are you going deeper with them? And how does that kind of um, differ from person to person and and how do you kind of find out what your groove or Mm. your Mm. version of that is Mm. and what excites you about doing the self-care work what what is it that that really kind of sparks you what do you think it really is i think look everything comes i go straight to be very honest and blunt about the negative or not negative but the honest part is that i think to some degree it comes back to control Mm. and my need to control and my need to um, have an ability to be able to be a co-conspirator or a co-conspire. What's the word I'm looking for? Co-creator. Co-creator, yeah. Um, with the universe, with my life. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to be born into something that tells me I'm less worthy than owning that house on the water than someone that happened to just be plonked out of a vagina, mm-hmm. born in a different suburb. Yeah, yeah. Fuck that. Yeah. So there's a bit of survivor in me mm-hmm. and there's a bit of control, but I've let go of a lot of that and I'm aware of that. So I don't live like by that. But I think I think initially I was motivated by getting that back for myself because mm. I looked at a world, I saw it being very uneven. I saw my road if I was to continue following the examples I had and I wasn't happy with that. Mm-hmm. So I needed to wipe my slate clean and find, I guess, power mm. in be- believing that we all are equal. Mm. And we all have the capacity 
to flourish and yeah, yeah. and and build and some people's some people's paths are going to be way harder than others you know i'm surrounded mm. by people that have in inverted commas easier roads than me but mm. everyone's got their stuff you know it's all it's all it's all relative to people you know so it's like i guess for me it's just correcting some wrongs there where we've kind of understood what, when we're born, we're born into stuff. It's kind of done. It's sorted. It's all decided for you. It's it's all sorted. Bullshit. Mm, you are the master of Who your own says? destiny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that motivates me because think about it. That means I could have a yacht. I could be a princess. I could be a fucking scientist and yeah. I, or I could end the world. Yeah. That makes me think I could do anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, what a way to live. Why? why? I'll choose that way. Mm. Mm. So that's why I'm motivated because if you can get one ounce of a slice of catching that from stuff that I share or mm. teach, oh, well, then great. I can go, I can, yeah, that can be it for me and I'll be proud. My yeah, people yeah. that know me will be proud and I did my bit. Mm. All right. Uh, well, Thank you, Stacey June. I think um, I think uh, I've come to the end of my questions. So I'd like to thank you for being on your show. <laughs> um, and uh, it's been delightful. I've actually very much enjoyed this. <laughs> it's been fun. Yeah. Um, thanks for doing it, and thank you for listening and supporting. And now I'm going to go back and think about what I said because I feel like I. I'm never this exposed on my own show. It feels really weird. <laughs> yeah, well, you'll get to hear it and listen to it in full. Yeah, it'll be good. All right. Thanks, guys. Um, if you enjoyed this chat, leave a rating and review, and we'll be back on Sunday for a Self-Centered Sunday podcast. Okay, thanks, Stacey. <laughs> Thank you, Ben. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. This has been another Bijou Podcast production. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.